Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. Thank you for today. Thank you because this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. What shall we say unto the Lord? All we have to say is thank you, Lord. What shall we say unto the Lord? We have to say is thank. We thank you. We thank you. Kill Lord, all we have to say is thank you, Lord. Lord, all we just want to say this morning today is thank you. And I was praying this morning, just a Lord, I just I've just come to say thank you. I've just come to say thank you. I've just come to express my adoration and worship to you. And same here at this moment, same here at this time. Lord, to say thank you. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for having kept us. Thank you for your provisions. Thank you for your healings. Thank you so much for your deliverances. Thank you for the things you have done for your people. Thank you for the things you have done for us as a church family. Thank you for what you have done for individual families. Thank you for what you have done for each and every one of us. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you adoration. Thank you, wonderful Savior. Lord, as we go into your word, open our eyes to again see. Open our ears to hear. Open our hearts to know what the Spirit of God is saying to his people. Lord, I pray for those who are not here. Because, the, you know, the, 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 the larger church community, they're not here. But Father, wherever they may be, wherever they may be situated at this moment, Lord, I pray that none will be distracted. But Lord, let everyone be seated to just listen and receive the word from heaven, even at this time. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, everybody said, amen. This morning, I want to share with us five different expressions of thanksgiving. Five different expressions of thanksgiving. And I'll start from the book of Jeremiah 33. Jeremiah 33. It reads, and I quote, verse 14. Jeremiah 33, verse number 14. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I promised to the house of Israel, to the house of Judah. Quite interestingly, we have both Judah and Israel in the congregation this morning. Amen. So I have promised to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause to grow up to David. I want you to note in the scriptures every time the name of David comes up. I want in those days at the time, I will cause to grow up to David a branch of righteousness. He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell safely. And this is the name by which you will be called, the Lord, our righteousness. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack. <laughs> David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. Nor shall the priests, the Levites, lack a man to offer burnt offerings before me. 
to kindle grain offerings and to sacrifice continually. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, verse 20, Thus says the Lord, if you can break my covenant with day and my covenant with the night. Did you hear that? That if you are able to break my covenant with the day, that means that if you, if you can break it, that there will not be day. And if you can break it, that there will not be night. Is that, is that possible? As long as the earth remains, they what? Will not cease. God says, if you can break it. And of course, nobody can do that. So that there will not be day and night in their season. Then my covenant may also be broken with David, my servant. So that he shall not have his son to reign on his throne. And with the Levites, the priests, my ministers, as the host of heaven cannot be numbered. Nor the son of the sea measured. So will I multiply the descendants of David, my servant, and the Levites who minister to me. Thus says the Lord, if my covenant is not with day and night, and if I have not appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth, then I will cast away the descendants of Jacob and David, my servant, so that I will not take any of his descendants to be rulers over the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for I will cause their, capt I will cause their captives to return. Let me ask you a question. How many times was the name of David mentioned there? I ask you to note it. How many times? Okay, verse number 15. One, 17, two. Verse number what again? 21, three. And then what? 22, again, four. And then what? And then 26, five. Five, and I can take you from scripture to scripture. God saying things about David, David, my servant, David, my shepherd, David, my leader, David, the one that is. Why was he the only king that reigned in Israel? Man, what made him so special? What made him so different from the others? Why is it that God kept on referring to David? And referring people to David, generations and generations and generations to David. Why? What did David do? What made him to stand out? What made him to be different from all the others? What made David to become so distinguished? Second Samuel 23. Somebody said maybe he didn't have any problems. If you said that, then you have not been reading your Bible. No, he had loads and loads and loads of it. Second Samuel 23. From verse number one. I'll read from the New Living Translation. Second Samuel 23. These are the last words of David. David, the son of Jesus, speaks. David, the man who was raised up so high. David, the man anointed by God, by the God of Jacob. David, the sweet psalmist of Israel. Look at that. David, the man who was raised up so what? So high. By who? By God. David, the man anointed by God, God of Jacob. David, the sweet psalmist of Israel. He was the sweet psalmist of Israel. Let me read it to you that will, that will put it in even in better perspective. I'll read it from the Message Bible. These are David's last words. The voice of the son of Jesse. The voice of the man of God. The, man, the voice of the man God took to the top. <laughs> the voice of the man God took to where? The top. Whom the God of Jacob made king. The God of Jacob made him king. And Israel's most popular singer. 
Israel's most popular singer. What distinguished David? Because David was a worshiper. He was a singer. He was, I'll put it this way, he was a thanksgiver. He was a thanksgiver. In fact, there was a time that the Bible says that he danced until practically all his work garments were almost everywhere. That one of his wife, Micah, you know, ridiculed him. That don't you know you are king? That when king danced, they danced in a psychedelic way. They don't just dance anyhow like any other person. And David said, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm dancing not before men, I'm dancing before God. That's why when we come to worship, we're not dancing before men, we're dancing before God. You don't look at whether, oh, somebody, somebody is looking at me or somebody is not looking at me. You want to just relax and just worship God. Hallelujah. Amen. Because Jehovah is one that you're standing before. Jehovah is one you are worshiping before is the one Israel's most popular singer what distinguished David because David was a psalmist David was a worshiper David was a singer David was a praiser David was a thanksgiver he was a thanksgiver he stood out amongst his peers if you are willing to Separate yourself and say, Lord, I will become a praiser. I will become a thanksgiver. I will become what? A worshiper. I will become one that will be praising you. Praising you. Not necessarily when you, have to, when you have to stand before people to praise. When you are in your room, when nobody is looking. When you are in your car driving to walk, when nobody is there. When nobody is watching you, you just have the, an attitude of what? Of gratitude in your heart. You are someone that God will take to the top. And lift high. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't leave your thanksgiving to when music is playing. When the, when, when, the, when the instruments are playing. I don't have time. I can take you to scriptures. That the first time the word worship was mentioned, there was no musical equipment there. So true worship has nothing to do with what? The, the beating of the drums, the, 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 the guitars, the keyboards, and all these ones. They're good when we have them, but true worship comes from the heart, not from, your out, from the outside. Amen. When you are willing to worship God in spite of, and despite of. Amen. Praise God. I will, I will show you, I'm going to take it further, to show you five expressions of thanksgiving. You see how powerful thanksgiving is. Let me further, let me further open this up. According to the Merriam-Webster 1828 dictionary, I love this dictionary. You know, I've really, it's the one that I really use now, when I'm, when, especially when it comes to my study of the word, because it was actually written and based on God's word. I have nothing against dictionary.com, but they were written by ungodly men. But this one was written by word. By, based on God's word. It says, Thanksgiving is the act of rendering thanks or expressing gratitude for favors or mercies. Thanksgiving is the act of rendering thanks. And many times they will give examples with scriptures. So the word thanksgiving means what? One, gratitude. It means gratitude. It means to be actively grateful to be actively grateful, and in this instance to God. To be actively grateful. Thanksgiving means to worship. To express thankfulness. It means to give. It means to give. It means to praise. It means to applaud. 
It means to eulogize. It means to magnify. It means to pay tribute to. I'll repeat. What does the word thanksgiving, what does it mean? It means gratitude. To express gratitude. To actively be grateful. To be actively grateful. And in this case, we are grateful to God who has kept all of us. Thanksgiving is an act of worship. Is expressing our thankfulness. Thanksgiving is giving of yourself. You are giving of yourself. You are giving of your substance. Thanksgiving means to praise. It means to applaud. It means to eulogize. It means to magnify and to pay tribute to. So what are the five different expressions of thanksgiving? What are they? Number one. Thanksgiving is an expression of gratitude to our God. So why are we having Thanksgiving today? We are having Thanksgiving corporately as a church to express our gratitude to God. I just mentioned a few things, mentioned a number of things that God has done for us as a people. So if God has done that, if God has added to us, if God has provided for us, if God is given to us, why will we not return to thank him? Why will we not express our word, our gratitude to him? Thanksgiving is an expression of gratitude. Now, I've quoted to you from the word. Now, let me take you to even what, is, what psychologists have said and written about Thanksgiving. Somebody says psychologists, absolutely. There are a lot of papers written about Thanksgiving. A lot of papers, studies in universities about Thanksgiving. I'll read one of them to you. In fact, maybe about one or two. According to John Tenet, in his article in New York Times a few years ago, the psychologists studying the consequences of giving thanks has found that cultivating an attitude of gratitude I'll repeat, these are papers written by psychologists. Cultivating an attitude of gratitude has been linked to better health, sounder sleep, less anxiety and depression, higher long-term satisfaction with life, kinder behavior towards others, including romantic partners. That's cultivating an attitude of gratitude. These are men who are not looking at it from the biblical perspective. But all you need to do is just go to the Bible and you find all, of, all, the, all these things there. But look at what they found. That those who cultivate, meaning whether you are born again or not, whether you are a child of God or not, whether you are a Christian or not, do you know that there are nations, especially the U.S., even here in Australia, where the day is declared every year for the entire nation to come. In fact, Thanksgiving is actually the biggest holiday in the U.S. now. It's the biggest holiday in the U.S. Not even Christmas. It's the biggest. Everybody celebrating it. Somebody says it's a nutritionist nightmare. <laughs> Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Another popular American writer wrote this. He said, gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance. It turns chaos to order, confusion to clarity, 
it can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home. There's a difference between a house and home. They're not, they not the same. Hello? I said, there's a difference between what? A house and what? And a home. Up by smile, they say, yes, I know what you're talking about, daddy. <laughs> you know, there's a difference between a house and a home. A stranger into a friend. He turns problems into what? Into gifts. Hello. He turns problems into what? Into pro- the moment you can start to identify that any time there's a problem in your life, it's because your time of promotion has come. It will change your perspective. Because you don't, you don't go from next le- one level to another without what? Writing what? Exams. You don't go. Somebody say, I, I have financial need. It's because God wants to increase your capacity financially. Somebody says, I'm going through this health issue. It's because God wants to increase your faith to be able to receive. Oh, I'm having this problem, I'm having that problem. Oh, yeah, you know, whatever is never intended will never be allowed. That the reason why you are facing a mountain is because promotion time has come. Promotion time has come. Time of lifting has come. Because do you walk on the ground when you're walking over a mountain? You have to what? Be ready to what? Climb. And then in climbing, what do you do? You go higher and 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 go higher. Somebody said, I don't want any problem. Then you are saying that you don't want any elevation. Amen. Praise God. Because in every problem, they are what? I've taught you. In every problem... Thank God, this is not just, I can leave this pulpit. <laughs> Praise God, you are here with me. Amen. Uh, it's just that I don't know whether the media team will be comfortable. Uh, they will be comfortable. <laughs> Praise God. I'm, I don't, I'm not very, very, uh, I don't preach, and then I stay behind, and then until when we finish, then we go. No, 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 no. I try to do what? Move around. So in every problem, there is what? Opportunities for promotion. In every problem, there's, there's opportunities for promotion. There's pro, there, just look for the promises. Whenever you're facing a problem, look for the promises. And in those promises are provisions. In those promises are provisions. If all of you can, if we can have a better understanding why some things are happening in our lives, you go to your, get into your room tonight and just start to dance. And somebody will say, why are you dancing? Don't you feel bad that this is happening? He said, no, 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 no. My promotion time has come. Amen. Praise God. He said, it turns problems into gifts, failures into successes, the unexpected into perfect timing, mistakes into important events. It can turn an existence into a real life and disconnected situations into important and beneficial lessons. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. A vision for tomorrow. Gratitude makes things right. Gratitude turns negative energy into positive energy. There's no situation or circumstance, so small or large, that it is not susceptible to gratitude's power. Meaning when you release the power of gratitude into it, it turns it around. We can start with who we are 
and what we have today, apply gratitude, then let him work his words. You know, this is, these are not Christians. Let him work his magic. Start with those around you. You know, husbands, look at your wife. Appreciate her the more. Wife, look at your husband. Appreciate what? Appreciate him the more. Amen. Praise God. Because we, <laughs> we tend to take for granted what we are familiar with. Try to take for granted what we are familiar with. Imagine the first time when you first met her, when you first met him. How oh, you are so, oh, you, I can tell you my own story too. How oh, you are so, wow, praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a word that is just coming to my mind now. You know, you, <laughs> praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> you adjust everything, you know. Every, every, I said, with this young man, come to, he will, with his tie, with his suit, press. I'm sure every, every, every week he will take it to the dry cleaner, dry clean it, and then we just tie everything. I said, wow, who oh, is this very handsome young man? And, but something is happening. But the moment everything says, I just see your pen now coming with t-shirt and then coming like that. What happened to the suit? What happened to eh? what happened to the tie and everything like that? The shoe will be shiny blindly. I don't know you will send it for polishing. <laughs> Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the suit continue. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Let's be more appreciative. Let's be, let's be full of gratitude. Number one, to God. Number two, to ourselves. Don't take people around you for granted. Because they are the ones we take for granted the more. Because we see them all the time. They are there for us all the time. They do things for us all the time. We tend to take them for granted. Don't do that. Don't do that. Start from tonight and express more appreciation to your spouse, to people around you, to your children. You know, praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Even to your children or to your grandchildren if you have one. Amen. Just appreciate them. Praise God. Number two, thanksgiving is an expression of our humility. Thanksgiving is an expression of our humility. It's an expression of our humility. One of the fundamental qualities invariably found in a grateful person is humility. One of the fundamental qualities invariably found in a grateful person is humility. Uh, it is so important. Hello, somebody. It's good to be confident. It's good to be a person of faith, declaring God's word. But in the process of walking in confidence, it is so vital that we don't lose our humility. Because I found out that sometimes, you know, people try to, yes, we're expressing our confidence, and then we also, we are cocky. We're proud. One people come and see, you know. No. 
You can't be truly thankful and not be humbled. Why? Why is that? Because you realize that whatsoever God has done is not based on what? Your ability. What you have, what you don't have. Are there people where somebody say, oh yes, I don't know what God, we pray, we do this, we do that. Are there people who are praying that they are not experiencing what you are experiencing? Don't ever allow what you have. Don't ever allow what God is doing for you to get into your head. Don't ever try to attribute it to what you have been doing. Or was to attribute it to who you are yourself. Gratitude is an overflow of a humble heart. Being grateful is always from a humble heart. And an ungrateful, complaining spirit flows from a proud heart. By coming, even though in sometimes challenging circumstances like today, that will still designate a day like this, to thank God is because of the importance of what true thanksgiving is. It's an expression of our humility that we go before him. We've come with our gift. We've come with our heart and we're just saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you. By doing that, we're saying very with clarity that whatever God has done is not by my own word, by my own power. By my own power. Whatever it is, when we declare God's word, we're not declaring it based on self-confidence. It's not about you. It's about him that is able to walk in our lives. So don't replace faith, which is confidence in God, with what? With self-confidence. They're not the same. True faith is having confidence in the ability of God. To make available, or to perform, or to provide, or to answer your prayers. That is what true faith is. It's not self-confidence. It's not being confident in yourself. It's not being confident in what you have, or what you don't have. And how do you know that your confidence in what you have on yourself, when what you seem to have, seems to be depreciated. When what you seem to have is facing through issues or challenges, can you see how we go into palpitation? That's why Jesus said, do not worry. Do not worry about what you have, what you will, work, what you will eat, food, what you wear, fashion, and what, what your future looks like, future. It's called the three Fs. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. The God we serve is able to provide for you and take care of you. He says, seek first the kingdom and every other thing shall be added. You go and write it down. If you listen, if you put this into practice in your life, I'm sharing with you because in the next few weeks, we'll be opening up scriptures to us to prepare us so that indeed, our to the difference between our today and our tomorrow will be what? Because it's not by mouth. 
It's not my saying, oh, different between two. No, it's not, it's not a poem. It's not a poem. And it's not also what? It's not a slogan. Everybody, the difference between today, say tomorrow, and the night, and then you say it again, day. You know, it's not that. It's not a slogan. There are things we need to start to put into practice, start to walk in to ensure the reality of this prophetic word in our lives. Because the prophetic word is like a guided missile. Whenever it's released, it's what? Looking for the believing heart to walk in the believer's life. I've shared with you, I was preaching in the Lateran Assembly many, many years ago. A big congregation, over 5,000 people. And somebody came to see me after the service. And he said, Pastor, I need to share. If I couldn't, he waited until about 4 p.m. because I was so busy that day. And he did not leave church until he saw me. He said, while you were preaching, I saw that somebody walked into the congregation. And the person brought a plate. And then in that plate, in a tray, and in that tray was like a meat pie. And was going from person to person to deliver meat pie to them. But a number of people were not, they were not looking at him. They were not listening. They were not. He said, and where I sat, I was like, oh, I'm not going to miss out. I'm not going to miss out. I'm not going to miss out. He said, division just lifted. He said, what is it? What have I seen? What, are, what is exactly this? The person walked in, different, carrying a tray. He said, which tray? Who has bought in tray during the service? No, that was an angelic visitation. And he brought goodies. Right now, as we're seated, the angels are here. Angels are here with different packages. Because anytime God's people gather, there's also presence of angels. Right now. And those at home, somebody says, oh, I wish I would have been there. No, with you. Angels are also there with you. The only thing is that when we gather corporately, there's greater presence. But not that it's not with you at home. No, wherever you may be, wherever, whenever, People of God gather, angels gather. And can I submit to you where, other, where also multitudes gather, like in a stadium, like in a uh, whatever, demons also gather. I was walking through this water garden, say. water garden, say, maybe five, six years ago. I'd never had that experience before. It was the first time and the only time I've seen it. I was practically seen, like, come and see people well-dressed. But on their shoulders are different beings. I was like, what, what am I seeing? What am I seeing? People that you think they look good. And they're walking. But they're under demonic influences. You wonder why people behave the way they do? Thanksgiving, the expression of our humility. Number three. Thanksgiving is an expression of our hope for the future. Thanksgiving is an expression of our hope for the future. Hope for the future. What is hope? What is hope? What is hope? Thanksgiving is an expression of our hope for the future. Hope is our expectation. How do you know hope is at work when there's expectation? And the Bible says, faith is the substance of things what? Substance of things what? The evidence of things non-seen. There's no faith, true faith, without hope. Hello? 
In fact, hope, the presence of hope is what will confirm to you that there's, there's faith. When there's no hope, there's no faith. And what is hope? Simply put, I'll put it in a very simple way, is your expectation. What do you expect in the remaining days of this year? What do you expect God to do in 2022? How do you know that faith is present? Look at your hope. If there's no hope, there's no faith. If there's no faith, there's no substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let me read it to you from the TPT. TPT. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith brings our hope into reality and become the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Faith brings our hopes into reality. Faith brings our what? Hopes into reality. So if thanksgiving is an expression of our hope for the future, then thanksgiving to God is the highest expression of that hope. Thanksgiving is the highest expression of our faith and of course of our hope you can't truly be thankful without having an expectation not necessarily what you're seeing but there's something you're seeing in your heart there's something that you're seeing on your inside that's different from what you're seeing on your outside number four thanksgiving is an expression of our joy is an expression of our joy number one let's remind ourselves what is thanksgiving? Number one is an expression of our world. Gratitude to God, thank you. Number two is an expression of our world. Humility. Number three is an expression of our world. Hope for the future. And number four is an expression of our world, of our joy. 33, Jeremiah, verse 9, from verse 9 to 11. Jeremiah 33, from verse 9 to 11. Then it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all nations of the earth, who shall hear all the good that I do to them. They shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and all the prosperity that I provide for it. Look at it. Then it shall be to me a name of joy, and a praise, and an honor before all nations. Verse 10. Thus says the Lord, again there shall be heart in this place, of which you say it is desolate, without man, without beast, in the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem, that are desolate, without man and without inhabitants and without a beast. Look at what has happened to the nations. Look at, look at the devastation that COVID-19 has wrought. Are there businesses that have been closed down because of this? Are there those who have lost their life because of this? Many. But look at what God is now saying. He said the voice of joy and the voice of gladness and the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride and the voice of those who will say, praise the Lord. The voice of those who will say, look at it. Look at the scripture so that you can respond to me. The voice of, look at Jeremiah 33 verse 11. 
the voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of what? Of the bride, the voice of those who will say what? Of whose? For the Lord is, for his mercy endures for, and those who will bring the sacrifice of what? That means when you don't feel like it. He said, Lord, I just want to praise you. Oh, when that thing that you're trusting for has not materialized, he said, but Lord, I want to praise you. When anybody can praise God when everything is going on well, but we know those who can praise him truly, especially when they're faced with challenges and situations. So when things, when there's no word, look at verse 10. When in the place that is called desolate, without a man, even without beasts, what is happening here? Famine. In the cities of Judah, in the cities of Jerusalem, where it is desolate, without when the challenge, what is happening? He said, but in the same place, the voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, the voice of those who will say what? Praise the Lord of hosts. For the Lord is good, for his mercies endures forever. And of those who will bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And then when they do that, I will cause their captives, the captives of the land to return. It's called restoration. When they will praise me, when they will worship me, I will cause a restoration to happen in their land. One of the things that God wants to do with us next year, and not just us, for as many as who key into the prophetic word is what is called total restoration. Total restoration. But look at what will bring that to be, the voice of joy. The voice of gladness, not the voice of complaining. The voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of praise. Those who offer sacrifice of word, of praise. When the enemy will have thought he has delivered a devastating blow. And you put on the garment of praise. And you are worshipping and you are dancing. And you are rejoicing and say, but why is he so happy? Oh yes, you remember the voice of joy. The voice of gladness. The voice of bridegroom. Hello. Listen to me, because you are here, and you are watching online. You need to change what you are saying regarding that situation. You look at that particular situation, and many times it brings tears to your eyes. And you are asking, Lord, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? Look at this, look at that. When are you going to change it? But the Lord is saying to you, I've already done it. I've already answered you. I've already changed it. But as long as you are looking at it, the way you are looking at it, is exactly the same way like when my people got to Jericho and they saw that the gates were locked up. And they looked at it. It was tightly locked. But I wanted them to see it differently. And I said, look. I've delivered Jericho into your hands. If they were not able to see that, they would not have been able to conquer Jericho. They would have remained stuck on the outside. They would not have been able to possess the promised land. And he's saying, it's a change what you're saying. Leave here. Leave the service this morning and look at the same thing and let the voice of joy, let the voice of gladness, let the voice of praise start to offer sacrifice of praise. 
Look at that situation and offer sacrifice of praise. Look at that child and offer sacrifice of praise. Look at that particular thing and offer sacrifice of praise. Look at offer sacrifice of praise. Because the more you start to offer sacrifice of praise, then I will cause a total restoration. And I will cause a returning. And I will cause a change. I will cause a turnaround. And I will make a difference that you deserve to see. In other words, what is the Lord saying to you? Change what you are war and change what you are war. See. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thanksgiving is an expression of our joy. Number five. Before I go to number five, I want to say this. If Satan cannot steal your joy, hello, if Satan cannot steal your joy, if Satan cannot steal your joy, he cannot keep your goods. Finally, thanksgiving is an, is an indication of the will of God. It's an expression of the will of God. Thanksgiving is an expression of... Somebody said, I'm looking for the will of God. I don't know what the will of God is regarding the situation. I will show you what the will of God is. First Thessalonians chapter 5, from verse number 16 to 18. First Thessalonians chapter 5, from verse number 16 to 18. What is the will of God? What is the will of God for me? First Thessalonians chapter 5. From verse 16 to 18. So let your joy be continual feast. I'm reading from the TPT. Let your joy be continual feast. Make your life a prayer. And in the midst of everything, be always what? Giving thanks. For this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. In the midst of everything, be always giving what? Thanks. For this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. What is God's perfect plan for us? In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus for you. Do you know, want to know what is God's perfect plan for you? Give thanks. I don't understand this whole thing. How it will have give thanks. I don't understand how God will turn it around. Give thanks. I don't understand how we're going to pull it off. Give thanks. Start to give him thanks. And give him thanks. And give him thanks. And if you want to add spices to it. Or if maybe you're a cake person. You put icing on it. You decorate it very well. That wow. You see, so, that people will see the cake and say, this is so beautiful. You know what you need to do? Is, you start to add dancing to it. Hello. Or maybe you're not a cake person. You like your own, uh, you know, uh, pound of yam and uh, uh, <laughs> we don't want to go into the Amala business. <laughs> you add your own. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. He says spices. You add spices and everything to it. You know, how do you add that? You add dancing to it. I start to dance. He turned my morning into dancing again. He lifted my sorrow. I can't stay silent. I must sing for his joy has come. Don't ever forget this. Verse 16. What does it say? Number one. Verse 16. Rejoice what? Rejoice occasionally. 
rejoice when uh, you know that the Andrew has lifted restriction. No, 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 no. Always rejoice. Always rejoice. Always in spite of the situation, in spite of his challenges, rejoice. Always. Verse seventeen. What does it say? Pray without ceasing. That is why we are praying and will continue to pray. I will tell you tomorrow when we are stopping, or at least this week when we are stopping. You know, but pray without ceasing. Continue to pray. Verse seventeen. Finally, what does it say? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you. In everything, what? In everything, what? This is the will of God for you. Amen. I'll take you to Romans chapter 1, and then I'll close. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, from verse number 20. Romans chapter 1. For since the creation of the world, its invisible attributes are clearly seen, be understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Look at it. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became, they became fools. That is where these people choosing not to be thankful. But we have chosen to be what? Thankful. So this will not be our Lord and our portion. Because when we refuse to be thankful, you know, let me, let me, let, let me read it to you from the TPT. It reads and I quote, it says, opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance. Because from the creation of the world, the invisible qualities of God's nature. So you cannot say you did not know, especially if you belong to this family. We've been talking about thanksgiving. Opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance. Because from the creation of the world, the invisible qualities of God's nature have been made visible. Such as his eternal power and transcendence. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived. For seeing, the for seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. So then, this leaves everyone without excuse. Throughout human history, the fingerprints of God were upon them. Yet they refused to honor him as God or even be thankful for his kindness. Instead, they entertained corrupt and foolish thoughts about what God was like. This left them with nothing but misguided heart, steeped in moral darkness. Although claiming to be wise, they were in fact shallow fools. That means when you refuse to be thankful, when you refuse to give him thanks, when you refuse to say, well, you know, I'm going through this issue, I'm going through that, or whatever it is. He said, no. He said, claiming to be wise, they were actually what? Fools. In fact, typically says shallow fools. That is why we will not be what? Shallow fools. We will not neglect to give him thanks. We will not forget to give him thanks. We will not because of what God, God has been so good, where everything is good, and then we are just uh, enjoying ourselves. No, no, no. We must return to give thanks. Even when it seems as if there are some things to be done, we must return to give him thanks. Are there reasons for us to give thanks this morning, or this day, or today? Amen? There are so many reasons. Number one, for what he has done. Number two, for what he's doing. Number three, for the things that he will do. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want us to rise up on our feet. Five different expressions of thanksgiving. Don't forget this. Let this be. Let, let, let this become part and parcel for you. 
Hold this word. Don't forget. Don't be a forgetful hearer. Hold on to the word you've heard. This one, hold on and put it into practice in your life. Thanksgiving is an expression of your gratitude. Thanksgiving is an expression of our humility. Thanksgiving is an expression of our joy. Thanksgiving is an expression of what? Number four. And I've mentioned joy. Hope for the future. Number five is an expression of what? The will of God for our lives. Why don't you just go ahead and thank him? Just thank him. Just thank him for this year. Thank him for what he has done for us. Thank him for his faithfulness. Thank him for his loving kindness. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for how he has kept you and I. Thank him for all the testimonies. Thank him for our children. Thank him for the family. Thank him that God has kept us. Thank him for what he has provided for us. Thank him for our new place. Thank him for this thing that God has done. Thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him. Let's thank him. Let's give him praise. Let's worship him. Thank him for his provisions. Thank him that he's been just so good, just so faithful. Thank him for those of us who are here. Thank him for those of us who are at home. Thank him for many who are at home. We thank God for everyone. Everyone is so important. Everyone is so valued. <clears throat> thank him, thank him, thank him for how God has kept us throughout the year. We did not bury anyone. He kept us. He worked over us. He provided for us. Oh, we just give you praise. 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 Thank you, Jesus, for the grace that you have given us. We could never repay, but for my hearts, we like to say that we thank him for the unexpected. Thank him because there's no end to his surprises. Thank him for his surprises. Thank him for the days to come. Thank him for 2022. Thank him that your 2022 will be different. I'm telling you, there's no guarantee for the world. But we thank God that there's guarantee for the believer. Thank him that no matter what happens in the world, our God is faithful. The Lord will keep you. He will keep us. He will keep me. The Lord will keep us as families. In the name of thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him. Thank him. Return the glory to him. Thank him for how he has kept you. Thank him. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank him for the service this morning. Thank him. We just give you glory, Lord. And everybody said, Amen.